0: Have you ever been in need of consolation, real consolation, where you were feeling down and out with seemingly no hope? That's a serious need for consolation. Hi, welcome to Simply Holy, the podcast for people who want to live a joyful life in Christ. I'm March steinhake Venelin and today is day five of my series of Marian pilgrimages across America. Today, my friend, we are going to visit the Basilica and National Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation in Carey, Ohio. So glad that you are joining me. This place I loved to visit. I think I I loved all of the places I visited. But this one felt Different, and and I'll tell you why. So let me give you a little a little background. The Basilica uh, and National Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation is in Cary, Ohio, which is really a very small town uh, by standards today's standards. There's only about 3,500 people there. Very very small. It has a very long history, however, and those roots go all the way back to the people of Luxembourg. So what happened there was during the first half of the 19th century, so the early 1800s, there was an influx of immigrants to the United States from Europe. And among them were families and individuals from the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg. They settled in Wisconsin, Iowa, and the northwestern part of Ohio where Carrie is. The Luxembourg people brought with them a deep devotion to Mary, but specifically under the title Mary Consoler of the Afflicted. This is a very special, special devotion in Luxembourg. She's also the patroness. Of Luxembourg, Mary, consoler of the afflicted. They had this devotion when they came here and yearned then to have some representation of that here in the new country. Well, along with these new settlers came priests from Luxembourg who were given the responsibility, let's say, to establish parishes and to catechize the, the people. So in 1868, there was a priest named Father Edwin Vatman, Edward Vatman, and he was directed by his bishop to organize a Catholic congregation in Cary, Ohio. He also was instructed to build a church there, and the land was donated by the bishop himself. The small chapel was constructed immediately, and they named it after St. Edward, which was a, a special patron of Father Vatman's in 1873 the parish of St Edward had a change in priests and a Father Joseph Peter Gladden was made pastor. At this point in 1873 for many different reasons that the parish the church itself of the parish was still unfinished. And The parish had dwindled to about 13 families who were, as you can imagine, very discouraged. It's not a lot of people, not a lot of resources, and they still had a church that was unfinished. Well, Father Gladden was, I I think, I think I would, I wish that there was a book that was only on him and his life, because he really seems like a father a true father to his people, he, he worked right alongside the parishioners to build this church. He even put his own resources into it. And they got it done. They finished it. They finished St. Edward's Church. And then they got permission from the bishop to rename the church And they renamed it Our Lady of Consolation. That goes back to Father Gladden's promise to the Blessed Mother back in Luxembourg. His promise to her was that the first church he built after his ordination would be named Our Lady of Consolation. And so that promise came true. And the church was dedicated on the 18th of October in 1874. The parishioners were very happy that they had this church named after Our Lady of Consolation. But that wasn't enough for them. They missed something very important to them. And that was a statue of Our Lady of Consolation. There, back in Luxembourg, was a statue that became very famous, and the statue was called Mary Consoler of the Afflicted. It was, it, it was stayed, it was built, formed, installed in the Luxembourg Cathedral. And they, through a networking of many, many people, were able to have a replica of that statue made and brought back to the United States. Now, now this custom, Mary, Consoler of the Afflicted, and the custom of honoring Mary through this statue's representation went all the way back to the Middle Ages. This was a very longstanding devotion of the Luxembourgian people They had a very, and this is the best, I think, the best part of this this shrine. And that is because the the custom of this particular statue, Mary Consoler of the Afflicted, was to dress her in very ornate robes, crown, scepter, holding our Lord Jesus, and then they would literally make beautiful robes and dresses for this statue. It's, it's astounding. The, I've seen this, I've, I've seen the statue with, with the clothing, the the, the robes and the, and the finery and, you know, there, there are jewels sewn to the fabric and, and very, very ornate needlework. It's gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. And this was all done for this statue with their hands remember there weren't machines to make these 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 robes and and dresses her 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 wardrobe so to speak there they there it was all done by hand painstakingly and with great love well one dress wasn't enough one set of clothing was not enough for mary Consoler of the afflicted, and so the people of Kerry, the people, particularly of the Church of Our Lady of Consolation, donated whatever precious cloth that they had that was not needed, and they would make that an offering to the church. So, and and this this cloth was, was quite exquisite, and. All of these donations were gathered and made into new dresses and robes for Mary. And so there are literally right now in there, there's a case in the basement of the Basilica that houses all of these robes. There are hundreds of them. And you can look through the window at all of them hanging on, on these rails inside that window. They, they hang, you know, you can only see the sides of them, but you can certainly imagine how extraordinary these robes and dresses are. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's just draw, draw, dropping. I, was fascinated. I wished I could have gone in there and paged through all of these different outfits because they had to have been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Well, the custom then, of course, became to change the outfits for special occasions, certain certain events, and so on. So they would change that. They would change the, the outfits and That custom goes on even today. So they change those out from time to time. Something else that is in the basement of the basilica is another case. And inside that case, there are, oh, hundreds. I'm not sure. It's filled with items from people who had left them there at the basilica now these items were items that they no longer needed because they had been cured of their ailments whatever their afflictions were and they were when they were cured then they gave up whatever representations so there was I remember seeing a pair of glasses left there by a person who was nearly blind and prayed to Our Lady of Consolation and was healed. He didn't need his glasses anymore. He left them there. There were casts from little children, a broken limb. There were pictures of brain scans and different representations of someone who had been cured from cancer or some other kind of internal ailment. Now, re- now remember that this continues. So not all of these items were from the 1800s. I mean, this went on and on and on. It goes on today. People experience great miracles and cures when they go and pray to Our Lady of Consolation. Where did they get that idea? Well, from the very first miracle that occurred. It was customary for the Luxembourgians to take the statue of Mary Consoler of the Afflicted on procession around the church, through the town. And they had the very first procession They had a huge number of people. They had a huge celebration just after they had the the statue there, the church finished and the statue. Well, as they were processing with the statue, there was a man, he was a young man and his name was Leo. And he was standing along the procession route. Leo was a, he was an, immigrant farmer from Belgium uh, and he had four children, but his youngest child, Eugenie had been seriously ill for quite a while. She had some strange stomach condition where she wouldn't be able to eat. She wouldn't be able to retain food for weeks on end. And her doctor had no answers for the family. He had given up hope. He he told them to prepare for her death. She was going to just waste away and die. This poor thing, this poor baby. Well, Leo was there, hoping, of course, that there might be a miracle for his little Eugenie. And so as the statue was passing by, Leo fell to his knees And he begged Mary, consoler of the afflicted, to cure his daughter. Now, Eugenie was at home in bed. And when Leo had left home, Eugenie was in very terrible shape. She was probably not far from death. He begged, he begged, he begged Mary, please, please cure my daughter well, after the procession, Leo returned home. When he got home, what he found was his little Eugenie sitting at the kitchen table and happily enjoying a meal. The child had been completely cured through the intercession of Mary, consoler of the afflicted. There were more, there were more Miracles after that. Once that miracle at once word of that miracle spread, people flocked to the Basilica of Our Lady of Consolation, just flocked in thousands, tens of thousands, even even Protestants came, even non-believers came because the things that were happening there were so incredible that they just had to come see for themselves. And there were many, many conversions because of that. People who came there, who were converted to the Catholic faith, because they saw the irrefutable evidence of these miracles. Absolutely fascinating. Well, there was also another miracle involving weather, and I know that in some of the other episodes, I've talked, in, I've spoken about such miracles. These these miracles of of weather. Well. Our Lady of Consolation, Carrie Ohio, experienced a a similar thing. So just like Our Lady of Sorrows, when the the storm stopped or the the rain started, that something similar happened. So they were, it was, it was time to do the procession, and they were, as they were preparing for it, the week leading up to the procession, there were there were storms violent storms, and they just raged and raged over all of Northwest Ohio. It was it was bad. There were strong winds and thunder. There was lightning. Well, the storm calmed, but then there was a heavy rain, heavy rain that kept pouring down, kept up all through the night before the procession but the people of the church of our lady of consolation did not give in they absolutely refused to give in they wanted they would do this procession and give our lady honor no matter what and so they they had they had formed a kind of a carriage for her that would protect the statue from from the rain and and they set out they set out on the procession well, wouldn't you know that the, the minute the statue came out of the church, the minute it was brought out of the church on procession, the sun broke through the clouds and shone only on the line of the procession that was beginning about a mile from Cary. Now, remember, these processions were long. There were thousands, tens of thousands of people. Only, only the procession, only that line of people experienced the cessation of the rain and the sunshine. But all around them, on both sides, the rain and thunder and lightning kept going. Once the statue was back inside the church at the end of the procession, the rain broke through. And covered everything and there was no sunshine but the people were all inside the church and perfectly safe it's astounding and you can't just say that's a fable because there were thousands of witnesses and they all said the same thing so you can I would say you could take that as fact I, Private revelation, miracles, that's that's up to the individual to believe or not. But I, I will tell you that I believe. I believe in having been there, especially, I believe in the miracles of Our Lady of Consolation. I was absolutely privileged to be able to spend a length of time, a good length of time, in the Basilica upstairs, praying before the statue of Our Lady of Consolation. And simply being there, taking in her beauty, but then also feeling her consolation. And maybe that sounds a little quirky to you, but you really can feel that there. You can feel that presence. You can feel the history behind it. You can feel the numbers of people who were cured there. It's, it's very, very difficult to put into words, but I would, as I have done with all of the other sites in my book, My Queen, My Mother, A Living Novena, A Marian Pilgrimage Across America, I encourage you to go there if you possibly can there are there are hotels motels in the area there are nice places to stay they do have a retreat house on the grounds because from its inception the parish grew and grew and and even ended up adding a school and a, a number of other buildings which now function as a retreat house you could take a retreat there and I guarantee you it would be an amazing experience. So do, do look up the Basilica and National Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation in Carey, Ohio. I wish, I wish, I wish I could keep talking about this one particular place. But it is time to end the episode. I am very, very excited to be telling you about these places I visited. Please tune in next week when we visit the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help. That will be something else. The National, National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help is the place of the only church-approved Marian apparition in the entire United States. That's right. In fact, I've written an entire book about it. The book will be out very, very soon. The book is called America's Mary, The Story of Our Lady of Good Help. That will be coming out very, very soon. It's already up for pre-order on Amazon. You can check it out. But for now, my friend, let me ask you please to check out my book, My Queen, My Mother, A Living Novena. And then also please check out my website, margefenelin.com for my other podcasts, for ways to book me, for your speaking engagement. I can do live. I can do digital either way. Love to set it up with you. My books are there. My blog is there. uh, Lots going on there. And I would also encourage you to please subscribe to MargeFeneland.com. Become a team member, please. And take a look at the various ways that you could help me join my ministry, be a partner with me. There are five levels, five membership levels there for you. And I ask that you please consider one of them so that together you and I can lead the world to Christ through Mary margebenelin.com. God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in. I cannot wait for the next episode.